0: And I'm glad that God works for His glory and our good, aren't you? Even in the midst of times when it doesn't look or feel that way, God is still working all things out. Uh, He works all things together for good, for those who love Him, and always for His glory. And that is certainly um, what He's worthy of. It's good to see you out on this Thursday night. As uh, Pastor said, great, great crowd. Man, this is tremendous. Thanks for uh, making the effort to be out, and for those who have been here all week, thank you for being here again that um, the continuation of the truths we've learned this week will continue in your heart and mind far past this week. And I mean that sincerely, that the things that have been said and taught from the Scriptures, that the Word of God itself would speak to your heart consistently, and the Holy Spirit would preach the Scriptures to you over and over again, that we have learned. Speaking of which, um, one of the things that we looked at earlier in the week was out of Nehemiah and looked at the importance of having Nehemiah 8 services where God moves, and works through a ministry like Marlbrook Baptist Church. And uh, we talked about um, dedicating ourselves and giving ourselves to times of prayer. I hope you've done that today. I hope you've taken some time to talk to the Lord and ask Him to work through this ministry and work in your family and allow this church to be everything that God wants it to be. And then last night, we talked about living by faith, what that looks like rooted and built up in Christ. Living by faith, walking by faith, trusting that what God says is so, depending on him for the power to do it. And then uh, being aware and not letting us, letting ourselves be taken for spoil, taken out of the way of following after the Lord. All of those things are important things. And I, I hope, I trust that um, the way that they are presented is helpful to you. That is, the preaching and the style and the words that I use, I hope it helps things make sense. But honestly, friends, that is not at all what is important. What is important is that you have a relationship with the Word of God that you get what the Bible has to say and that it impacts your life. Preaching is one of those things where it's not, so mu- it's not so much important who raises their hand at the end of the service. It is rather more important what happens when we leave the doors. And that's, that is what is supposed to make a difference, which is why, if you've paid attention at all, we've done invitations all kinds of different ways this week. I don't always invite people to come to the front. Sometimes I think it's healthy, but not always. And the reason why is because um, th- this is good, but only as far as it helps you when you leave out the back doors. Do you understand? And so that's why it's important to think through what's being done and why it's being done and think through what is being said and what is being taught and make sure it matches up to what the Bible has to say. God's Word is the foundation for your life. This book that I have on my, in my hand is the Word of the God. We know that it is true. If you build your life based on this, life will not necessarily be easy, but it will be right. It will be good. It will be pleasing to God. And for what it's worth, the promise from God is that it will be pleasing to you as well. That's Romans 12 too. And now tonight, let's uh, let's get into the Psalms because this is where we're going to spend the remainder of our time together for this meeting together. Psalm number 46 is where we will be. And I will tell you, as you are turning there, Psalm number 46 is a passage that I do preach on a fairly regular basis, and it's a passage that... Um, I, with no shame at all, preach multiple times in churches that I'm privileged to be at multiple times. And the reason why I do it is because of the truth and because of the impact of the truth from Psalm 46, the truth, how it's impacted my life. And I know that every time I'm privileged to speak it, to preach from it, that God speaks to me through it again and again, and there are certain things, there are certain meals that when you eat them, they're that good that you want to eat them over and over again. This is one of those passages that it's almost like you're just not going to get it enough so that you go, "Oh, I'm tired of that." Um, you, th- this, this for any for any person who has a heart for the Lord at all, this is going to this is going to be impactful. It'll be helpful to you. I'm confident, not because I'm saying it, not because I'm preaching it, but because of what is said in the scriptures. Before we read, let me just take a minute and um, say thanks sincerely for um, the invitation, Pastor, to come and to speak, for your attendance, and um, for your giving, whatever whatever it is, God has always provided for us, um, embarrassingly sufficiently. Um, I mean, and I mean that sincerely. God has always taken such good care of us, and so for those of you who gave, so that we can continue doing what the Lord has given for us to do, we. Are grateful thank you very very much for that Um, pastor said something about giving after we leave and that he'd send it Um, he did not tell you about the cut he takes out of anything after this week is done but I thought it just appropriate to go ahead and mention that ahead of time that there is a 14% handling fee plus the cost that it takes to send it if if it's done after this week and uh, his wife then takes a nine and a half percent out of that, and so you understand you understand the way, the process of how all of this works. Oh man, what a privilege to get to spend some time with you all, and I mean it. We we uh, Brittany said early in the week, I forgot how kind everybody is here. Um, just just that you guys are over, a, and this is not to this is not. um, I mean this in the thank God for this, and um, I'm grateful for what God has done in you. But sincerely, your, your kindness is evident, and we really appreciate it very much. All right, Psalm number 46. Let's, let's learn what we can out of this psalm. Here's what we're going to do tonight. I don't do this often, but we will tonight. We're going to read the entire psalm beginning in verse number 1, and I'm going to have us read this psalm respectively, or responsively, rather, responsively, where I'll read verse number 1, you read verse number 2, I'll read verse 3, you read verse 4, we'll go back and forth till we get to the last verse, and then we'll read it, the last verse together. If you're physically able to stand during the entire length of this psalm, would you mind standing with me to show our respect for the Scriptures? Again, it's a Psalm 46, I'll begin in verse 1, and then you'll be ready to jump in in cadence in verse number 2. The Bible says this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease under the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And together, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. See. And Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ tonight, and I come with a grateful heart for the truth of what you state here in Psalm number forty-six. As you are exalted and revealed in this psalm, I pray that our hearts would catch fire with with you, with what you have not only revealed yourself to be, but the impact of who you are on our lives. And I pray that tonight, by the end of the service, our hearts would uh, receive the message that you've laid on my heart, and the help that you have been to me through this passage would also um, be given over to those who are here tonight. I ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks for standing. Please be seated. psalm 46 is a psalm that speaks about god and speaks about god's character and about his attributes it really is a great picture of of god one of the verses says come behold the works of the lord what desolations he hath made in the earth and really that could be the verse in psalm 46 that sums up what the writer david was calling people to do when they would sing this psalm is hey come and see god Come and see what God looks like. Come and see who God is. Now, I have oftentimes referred to Psalm number 46 as a man's psalm um, simply because God's might and strength is on display. Look at verse number 1. Psalm 46.1 starts off this way. Uh, Let me get to it here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Okay, stop for a minute. I think um, we're going to have to kind of shake off the day just a little bit in order to get tuned in to what's being said here. So let me do my best to explain it as clearly as I can, but you you do your best to stay engaged in what the Scripture is saying here. Here the Bible says God is our refuge and strength. Refuge, our protection, our strength. He is the one who is our enabler. He is our protector. God is our refuge and strength. Now I love this part of verse 1. A very present help in trouble what what this means is that when we are in trouble god is not out of range of service god is a very present help in trouble in other words he's there when we are in trouble have you ever have you ever needed to get in touch with somebody and you tried to call them and you couldn't get in touch with them because they were either out of service or away from their phone and you needed them but you couldn't get in touch with them has this ever happened to you Um, Now, my wife is not in the room right now, so I can say this and not get in too much trouble, as long as you don't tell her. But I spend approximately $642,000 a year on phones. And that's so that she can have a phone and so that I can have a phone. And the reason why I want my lovely wife to have a phone is because there are times when I need to get in touch with Brittany. You know, she's, uh, she's gone shopping, and I look in the refrigerator, and I see that we're out of chocolate milk, and so we're in desperate times, and this calls for desperate measures, so I pick up my phone, and I dial my, well, I don't dial my wife's number. I tell my phone to call my wife, and uh, the phone says, uh, on, on the other end, I hear ring, 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 ring. Hello, this is Brittany. I'm sorry I can't answer the phone right now, but if you'll leave your name and number, I'll be glad to get back with you as soon as I'm able. And that's almost word for word exactly what it it says. Okay, (laughs) now, uh, in those times, I will call again and again, and again, and kind of get the same thing. And her phone's either at the bottom of her purse, or she uses some excuse like there was no service in the middle of the store, which is a lousy thing to have. If you have a store, you need to have service inside the store so that husbands can get in touch with their wives and things like this come, come into play. When the Bible talks about God being a very present help in trouble, it's basic. Now listen, listen. This is God's Word. This is not... This is not This is not pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking of, oh, wouldn't it be nice if God were this way? This is what the Word of God says about God, that he is a very present help in trouble. Now, I will confess to you, because it's okay to be honest, that there have been times in my life where I have either thought in my heart or else said verbally out loud to God, if I have ever needed you before, I need you now. Please, God, I've got to have an answer. I've got to have your help. I've got to have direction. I've got to have this amount of money. I've got to have you intervene. Dear God, please. There have been times when I've cried out to God that way, saying, if I've ever needed you before, I need you now and I have not received what I asked for in the moment that I asked for it. But I will tell you that even in those circumstances when I thought I was at the very end, every time I have actually been at the very end, God has always been there. Right, right now, I got a phone call, an automated phone call from our pastor this afternoon. We, our home church is in Nashville, Tennessee. And he let us know that there's a couple who's been coming to our church now fairly regularly. They haven't joined, but um, they're, they're around, um, around our age, a little, bit, a little bit younger than Brittany and I are. And they just had their first baby. She had complications, had to go into the hospital in Nashville. And she's doing fine, but the baby is very touch-and-go right now, like the baby's at Vanderbilt. Which is like the premier children's hospital, or one of the premier children's hospital in and it's in Nashville, and I think in NICU, and it's and it's very, very tight. So this afternoon when we got that, then obviously I, I went to the Lord on their behalf, and this is basically what I asked for them. Amen. Dear God, please. Please be be near them. Be with them. And you want to know reason why I could pray that in faith is because I know that God is a very present help in trouble and he is for each of us Man, what, what a great Psalm so I, I'm reading through this Psalm some time ago and I see this verse and I love it I continued reading down through and not only does it show the what we have here the omnipresence of God that God's a very present help in trouble he's everywhere but you also see the power of God on display look down at verse number six this, this shows God the God of strength verse six the heathen raged; the kingdoms were moved. Now stop just for a second and allow your mind to picture this. Get get into it a little bit. The heathen raged. Heathen. Heathen are people who who don't don't know don't love God. The heathen, the people who stand against God, those that would shake their fist in the face of God. The heathen rage against God. Their anger comes out because they do not like God, and they deny God, and they defy God. The heathen rage, the kingdoms are moved. All of the kingdoms of the earth gather together, and as one man with their armies, they stand against God, shaking their fist against God with their armies and their generals and their tanks and their planes and their bombs. They come and they stand against God. So this is the picture. The heathen rage. The kingdoms are moved. And what does God do? Look look down at the verse. What does God do? He utters his voice and the earth melts friends we serve a powerful god a powerful god who is everywhere he's a present help in trouble he's never out of service i can call on him and i know that he hears me i can cast my care on him and i know that he cares for me and this god who is who is knowing and able is also a god who has all strength all power He's a God who desires to be my help. He's a good God who can, able, he has the ability to be my help. It's a great psalm. I love it. I love it all the way through. But there's no verse, oh man. Well, in my top three favorite verses, verse 10 of Psalm number 46 is in in the top three of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I, I want you just to see it, it's a familiar verse. It's a uh, postcard plaque on bookmark kind of verse. Many of you probably have it somewhere in your home. Verse 10 of Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know that I am God. The end of the verse says, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in in the earth. Now, the first ten words, or the first eight words, rather, of verse number ten, be still and know that I am God, are tremendous. Now, I want to give you a statement, and if your brain is wandering or if you're a little bit tired, this is the time to make yourself wake up, pinch yourself, pinch your neighbor, whatever you have to do to make sure you're with it. Let me give you you a statement and um, explain it, and then I'm going to just walk through the verse, apply it, and our time is finished. But this is so important. Here's the statement. Psalm 4610, the first eight words provide for us the key that unlocks the door to all the peace and all the power and all the presence of God that we will ever need in our lives. Psalm 4610 is the key that unlocks the door to all of the peace, all of the power, and all of the presence of God that you will ever need in your life. Okay, now let me ask you a question and answer it honestly in your heart, not out loud, but in your heart, answer it honestly. Does peace, power, and God's presence, does that define your life currently? Peace? power, God's, presence, God's, does that that define your life? I'm not asking this in a theological um, salvation way. In other words, there's a sense in which through Christ I have peace with God so that that there's nothing between me and him. I, I am his child by faith in Christ. But I'm talking about as the scripture is here in an experiential way. Do you, are you living right now? Currently, is your life defined by God's peace and God's power and God's presence? See, here's the deal for me. I heard, I've heard um, from the Bible messages I've read in the Bible about things like peace and about having God's power and about living with God's presence, how that's a privilege that we have in Christ. And I hear about peace, power, and presence, but the fact of the matter is, is that for so long, it seemed like God's peace and God's power and God's presence was something that I should be experiencing, but I wasn't. And my choices were either I, re- I regulate it to a, a doctrine that's taught and it doesn't really have any actual bearing on my life. That is, I don't sense peace. I don't experience power. I don't know God's presence, but I know biblically that it's that it's there or else it is like it is it is in the room next door. Like, okay, God talks about our our living with peace that passes all understanding. And we're supposed to have his power and we're supposed to be able to enjoy his presence because of what we have in Christ but it's like it's something that's there and I'm here and there's something that's blocking me from being able to get to it okay Psalm 4610 is the key that unlocks the door so that you can step into living in an experiential way with God's peace God's power God's presence and I know that you know this in your brains but think about it for a minute it does not depend upon the circumstances of our lives because the circumstances that are being talked about here in Psalm 46 are things like heathen raging and the kingdoms moving so that this verse Psalm 4610 has brought has been for me a lifeline Whenever I have taken advantage of what God has provided, let me just kind of explain the verse. We're just going to walk through the first eight words, and then we'll apply it, and we're set. All right. Um, the first phrase, "Be still," means to let slacken, let slacken, or let loose. Um, the idea is that that uh, okay. Um, well, this is the farming community. You're, if you're if you're pulling a truck out of the mud you tie a tow strap or a chain on the front of the truck that's stuck into the back of the vehicle, that's the Ford, that's going to be pulling it out of the mud, okay? So so you have this, this vehicle and then the Ford takes off and the Chevy that's stuck in the mud begins to be pulled and the tow strap or the chain gets taut, it gets tight. The idea of the word be still or the phrase be still is 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 if the front truck stops and backs up and the toe strap or the chain goes slack. It drops. It's be still, back up, slacken, let, let the rope drop. If I were trying to pull the piano out of the auditorium, pull, 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 the toe strap is tight, pull, 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 slack, be still, back up, stop, drop it, let it lay limp, be still. And then secondly, the Bible says, and no, Consider, think about Okay, this is important. Again, again, please, 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 please stay with me. Listen, uh, Christianity does not belong to brilliant people, not many wise, not many noble. However, in Christ, in our faith, God calls us to think To consider. And that's what he's saying here. Be still and know. Consider this. Remember this. Think about this. Be still and know. And then he has the phrase that I am God. And when he says this, basically, He's saying, therefore, I can. It's just contrasting. Um, Be still and know I'm God. I'm the God who's a very present help in trouble. I'm the God who who can, with my words, cause the earth to melt. I'm the God who can break the bow and cut the spear and sunder. I am the God to whom all the heathen will eventually come. I am God, therefore, I can. This is what he's saying. You may not be able to. You're a human being, but I'm God. He's drawing the contrast here so he says here be still let slacken let the rope go and remember consider this that i'm god okay now here's what i love about this verse i love it because of the application the application is for any person regardless of what your current relationship is with god this this is for you um, think about people uh, and there may be somebody here tonight or else watching by way of live stream right now and, and uh, most people go through life thinking, okay, the way that I'm going to initially start a relationship with God, that which is going to allow me to have access to God and to heaven and to be, quote, unquote, a Christian or a child of God or religious enough so that everything will be fine at the end of my life. Most people's idea of how that's going to take place is some form of Doing the best that you can, whether it's religiously or whether it's morally, whatever the case is, most people think, okay, if I work hard enough, if I'm kind enough to people, if I give enough in an offering, if I get, if I'll get baptized, if I will um, burn a candle or say enough prayers, if I will uh, be kind to other people, if I can do the best that I can, then that should be enough. And after all, God's a loving God, and He grades on a curve. It should be enough so that I can I can get to heaven. That God will accept me. Everything should be fine if I just if I can just try hard hard enough and, and do enough, then God will accept me. Okay. And to a person whose thought process is that, by the way, if you've come in here tonight and that's what you think, like you you come in thinking, hey, the way I'm going to get to God is I'm good enough. Either my family or I've tried hard enough or I'm better than most people. Everything will be fine because I'm trying my best. And listen, this verse provides such instruction. And the instruction is this. you got to... You're going to need to be still. You're going to need to back up and let go of the way you think about how to get to God and understand, friend, that he is God. No. Consider this that He is God. Well, you say, why is that? Why does that matter? Well, here's the deal: is that it's, it's God that we're getting to. It's God that we're trying to to get into His graces. It's God's heaven we're trying to get to, so that it does not matter what I think about how I can get to God. What matters is what God has said is the way to get to Him, and God has, with no pulled punches, said that there is nothing you and I can do in our flesh by ourselves that can get us to God that salvation rescue is something that he must do and he will do it because of the Lord Jesus Christ and all those who accept his way which is Jesus Christ the Bible says can have their sins forgiven and be made right with God and I in this now please hear this salvation does not come to people who are better than most Or people who are good please hear this salvation rescue heaven as home eternity with God being made right in relationship with God is something that only God can give and he gives it to those are you listening please to those who let go of the way they think they should get to God and remember consider you know what, you're God. What you say, what you have provided, what you have prescribed is what matters. So that if you're watching by way of internet tonight, or if you're in the auditorium, and you came in thinking, okay, I really thought, I really thought I was going to be okay with God based upon something Morally or religiously that I do or things that I do consistently as long as I'm good enough. Friend, look, firstly, let me just tell you that that's what most people think. But just because most people think it doesn't make it so. What matters is what God says. And God says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So to to the loss, there comes a lesson. Second group of people that are helped by this um, is to the people who are wayward, who are away from the Lord. Again, I'm preaching to a group of people who have come out on Thursday night, but I don't know your heart. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. I don't know your motivation for being here. Honestly, I don't. Pastor hasn't said anything to me. Nobody's came, Nobody has come to me and said, hey, on Thursday night, so-and-so is coming. Please, please, can you speak on something like this? No, nope. Nobody's done that. If this touches you, it's not because anybody's come and told me but it could be that tonight there's somebody here who you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior you let go of what you think could get you to God at one time in your life and you've trusted Christ but now you find yourself in a place where you're either at a crossroads about whether you're gonna follow and serve God or else you've already taken the turn and you're living life the way that you want to live, even though there are things in your life you know aren't right, but your thought process is, hey, really, it, does, it doesn't matter. Look, I'm already saved, so it doesn't really matter. Look, I, it, does, it doesn't affect anybody else. I can live my life the way that I want to. After all, I'm a child of God, and uh, I, have, I, have, uh, I have access to God, and I'm going to go to heaven, so it doesn't really matter. It, does, it doesn't affect anybody else. I'm, I'm, listen, please, please hear me, and hear me kindly, but please hear me, listen to me. You need to let go of the way you're thinking about things and you need to remember that he is God. God. That is that he knows. And here's his word. To my children who step out of the way, for your good I will punish I will chastise my children who walk away from me. Now, here's the thing. One of the things about being a Christian is that God has given us his spirit in us. And in us, the Holy Spirit, when we as God's children are faced with a dilemma, where we are tempted to go away from what is right and good, the Holy Spirit at that moment will speak to our hearts and say, no, this is the way, walk in it. This is right, walk in it. And in that moment, friend, you may be tempted to think, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm already a child of God. It doesn't matter how I live. And I'm telling you, you need to let go of the way you're thinking about how you're living. And you need to understand he's God. He'll punish This is a God who loves to forgive. The prodigal that I sang about tonight, I mean, what a great picture of the heavenly father who stands ready when the son comes home, runs out, meets him, kisses his neck, gives him the robe, gives him the ring, shoes on his feet, has the party, has the food. This is the heart of God. But I will tell you, what is equally true in the scriptures is this. For a child who persistently goes away from the father, the Father says in love there will be chastisement and you would so much rather enjoy the forgiveness of God than endure the punishment of God. So if, if and again, I don't know. I don't know your heart. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't, I don't know what your habits are when nobody else is around. I don't know where you're at on the internet, what you're looking at on your phone. I don't know what your business practices are like. Ma'am, I don't know how you treat your husband, sir. I don't know how you treat your wife. I don't know how you are uh, when you're at home and nobody else is around. I don't know. What I do know is this. You need to let go and remember that he's God. And he does know. He does know. And if you'll come back to him asking forgiveness, then that's exactly what he'll give. But if you persist in your own way, then chastisement will come. And there's a lot more that can be said about that. We don't have time tonight. Let me give you the last group of people that are affected by this verse, and this is really the reason why this verse means so much to me. To people who are lost without Christ, there comes a lesson. To people who are away from the Lord, there comes a warning from this verse. And then lastly, to um, people who are Christians, followers of Christ, there comes great comfort. Great comfort. Be still and know that I am God. Here, here's the deal. How many of you are already aware of the fact that after becoming a believer, after becoming a Christian, all your problems do not disappear? Did you know that? You guys? Oh, okay, so you already know. Oh man! Well, there goes the rest of the message. If you guys already know, no. obviously, obviously, we know that problems don't disappear. In fact, in fact, um, those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer some extra problems. I mean doing right kind of pushes against society doing right is humanly a little bit harder than taking the easy route taking the easy road okay so that problems continue that is life continues and the rain falls on the just and on the unjust and problems come and the dark clouds come and there's there's a temptation towards um, this depression and discouragement for believers just like there is for unbelievers in other words there there are circumstances and issues that come into people's lives whether you're a believer or not and here's what can happen sometimes Listen, please. This is, this, is how, this, is, this is what God has helped me with so much from this passage. This is what I want you to get. Is that sometimes in life, living life, just facing stuff, just life, choices, circumstances, relationships, concerns, things that need to be fixed, money, money problems. Sometimes in life, we live our lives going, okay, all right. I've got to make sure that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. I've, I've got to somehow come up with a plan that is going to fix every problem in my life. I've got to fix the relationship issues that are in my family. I've got to somehow come up with some some way to take care of all financial issues and make everything happen um, in the finance area of my life the way that it's supposed to. And i, I got to take care of the things going on at work and make sure that everything's happening. And then I have church to make sure that I'm doing right at church and doing all the stuff that good Christians are supposed to do and I just I just got to make sure that everything happens and everybody knows that that I uh, um, love them and love the Lord and I'm, I'm just concerned that people might think that I'm not doing everything that I should be able to do and I've, I've got to make sure okay and sometimes believers are living okay you live in life trying to pull a piano out of the back of the auditorium do you live in life going I have gotta make sure it happens God helps those who helps themselves i got to pick myself up by, by my bootstraps and pull harder and just make sure everything happens. Okay, now listen. It gets to the place, and again, I don't know anybody's situation, so please, if this touches somebody, I don't know it, and I'm very sympathetic toward it. But it gets to the place where there are believers who cannot handle life without the aid of medication. I understand that there can be some physical issues that kind of help push in that direction and i know that chemicals in the body can get out of balance and there may need to be some help i would suggest naturally as opposed to medically to get the chemicals back in balance in the body okay but here's what here's what i'm here's the truth of the scriptures that's not what god intends for us That's not where we have to live. I hope you know that I don't say this pointing my finger at you without any care or concern. Ministry is not without its stresses and pressures as well. And I'm not saying mine are any harder than yours are. What I'm saying is I get it. Some of us live life wringing our hands Knots in our stomach, chewing on our nails, just concerned. Oh, I gotta make sure this relationship thing has gotta be fixed. How can I fix it? I gotta get my kid right with the rest of the family. I gotta get my my kid right with God. I gotta. I've gotta make all of this. I gotta somehow take care of the financial issues and make all of this happen. And you're living life trying to pull the piano, and you can't. But your life, if it were a picture, is oh, come on, just a little bit harder. Just a little bit, a little bit more. Maybe this will be the breakthrough moment. Maybe I can think of just the right thing to say. Oh, if I said that, what would happen then? If I said that, what would happen then? Oh, how can I how can I fix this? And you're living your life stressed, and depressed, and discouraged. And that's not the way that God wants us to live. And so God gave us a key to open up a door so that we can step from that into peace, power, and God's presence. And the key is this. Let the rope slacken. Be still. Stop. And in stopping, remember, consider. He's God. And you might think, okay, Brother Tim, if I do that, do all my problems disappear? That's not the point. We're talking about a God who can utter a voice or utter a word and the earth melts. Let let, let me give you one quick illustration. Um, Let's say that I had a milk crate full of rocks. And I set it up here at the front of the auditorium, and I tied a rope around the melt crater rocks. At the other end of the rope, I tied around Asher, my son, Asher's waist. And then I told Asher, hey, Asher, I want you to pull the the crater rocks out the back of the auditorium. So Asher starts pulling, 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 he's pulling as hard as but it's a, it's a crate full of rocks. He's not going to move it. He's pulling, pulling, pulling. And unbeknownst to him, I come up behind him and I grab the crate of rocks and I stand up and he's still pulling. I mean, dad told me to pull this. This is what I have to do. And he's pulling, pulling. And I have the crate of rocks in my hand and I take a step. And when I take a step, Asher who's pulling, 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 he takes a couple steps. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, yes, I'm moving it. I'm moving it. And I take a step, and he takes a couple more steps. And he's pulling, 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 pulling. And I take another step, and he takes a couple more steps. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do the rocks get to the back of the auditorium, yes or no? Sure, sure. What is Asher's state? Man, I'm telling you. Dad chose the right son when he chose me. <laughs> Seth and Samuel would have never been able to do this, but Dad chose me. If he doesn't fall out along the way, or as we say it in our circle sometimes, if he doesn't burn out, if he doesn't snap, then he's going to be arrogant. Look at what I did. Look at what happened. Okay, same thing. Same. Crate, rocks, rope, kid, pull. He's pulling. I come and I pick up the rocks. And this time, he's pulling. He turns around and he sees me holding the box of rocks. So he stops, steps back by me, grabs my pant leg. And every time I take a step, he takes a couple steps. And I take a step, he takes a couple steps. Hey, let me ask you. Do the rocks make it to the back of the auditorium? What is Asher's state? Peace, power, not his own, but dad's. Why? Because he's in dad's presence. Okay, friend, here it is. The help of God is sufficient. The power of God is enough. There is nothing you can face that God cannot handle. The relationship issues. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, has rivers of water, he moveth it whithersoever he will. Financial issues, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. His coffers are never empty. God has the ability. Wisdom, you want wisdom? The wisdom of God created the world. Whatever you need, God's got it. This is not an abdicating responsibility. This is a carrying out a responsibility. With a slackened rope where you take time to every day, every day, every day, and twice on Mondays to just stop and take time to remember your God. And I will tell you that at first you may have to take some time on a regular basis during the day to just stop, make yourself stop. But after a while of taking time to stop, what you find is that you begin to live in the presence of God. And you'll still have decisions to make, and you'll still have trials to come, and there still may be some tears that flow down your cheek, but in the midst of it, You're holding on, forgive me, to the pant leg of the one who holds tomorrow. The problems don't disappear, but you walk through the problems in the presence of the Father so that you have peace and his power. Now, wouldn't you rather live that way? Well, the key that unlocks the door, literally, be still. Take time. Every day, five, ten minutes in the morning before you get going, but Tim, I don't have time. Permit me another sarcastic moment. Okay, fine. Pull the box of rocks. No, I don't mean that, just sarcastically. But the point is, I would say, you don't have time not to. I've experienced life in God's presence with his peace and power. I've experienced life pulling on a piano. I really really enjoy the presence of God. And it's available, it's available. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I come before you and I ask you please, to impress upon our hearts the value, uh, not the value. I ask you to impress upon our hearts yourself. Let us, dear Father, please see you for who you are. And then, help us to have the faith and discipline to take time to just be still and know that you're God so that even in the midst of the trials and circumstances that tear at our hearts or push us beyond what we feel our limits are, that our hand as opposed to holding tight on the rope would hold tight unto you. And I know that we'll find out that all the time you are actually holding us. So help us please in this, Lord. If there are some here tonight or watching who have not yet put their trust in your provision for salvation, I pray that tonight they would let go of the way they think about how to get to you and they would trust your Son who provided for us to have salvation by his death on the cross. I, I pray that you'd convince them of their need, please. In Jesus' name, I ask this. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, let me just ask three questions. One, are there some here tonight who would say by an uplifted hand, Tim, I really honestly thought the way I was going to get to God, the way I was going to get to heaven, the way everything was going to be okay, was, it, I, I thought that it is by the things that I do, or religious or moral, that I just do my best. But if God has said something differently, then I would like, I would like to come to God His way. I, I, would like, I would like to know God's way of having eternal life. I, I would like to come to God through faith in Christ. If that's true for you tonight, would you slip up your hand where you sit and let me pray for you? I'll not embarrass you. I promise I won't. I won't call you out, but I will pray for you. Anyone anyone like that tonight would just raise your hand up high enough for me to see it. Okay, second question. Anyone here tonight say, by an uplifted hand, Um, Tim, when you were talking about being away from the Lord or being at the crossroads, I am struggling right now with some temptation, and either I'm at the crossroads or else I've begun to walk down the wrong path. And I would much rather experience the forgiveness of God than to experience the punishment that God has to give. And tonight, I need to let go of the way I'm thinking and come back to God. That's what I want to do. And you'd say, by an uplifted hand, please pray that I will do what's right regarding this. Anybody like that tonight? Where there's something in particular God's dealt in your heart about. Okay. And then last question, and really the reason why, um, the reason why I love this passage. I wonder how many tonight would say, by an uplifted hand with a Tim... Pulling a piano out of the back of the auditorium or a box of rocks, that's, that's, that's me. That's me. But tonight I see the value and the importance of taking time to be still and know that he's God and that's where I want to live. That's how I want my life to be and if God will help me, I wanna begin on a regular basis to just take some time each day or on a regular basis to be still and just remember, just consider the fact that he is God and to live with his presence so that I can experience his peace and power. I can't say that's where I'm living, but that's where I'd like to live. And you'd say, please pray with me about it. Anybody like that tonight and say, Brother Tim, please pray with me about that. That's what I want. It's what I need, and I know it. Okay. God bless you. Good. Good. Would everybody look up this way? Hey. Hey. Thanks, thanks for your kind attention tonight. I, I trust that Psalm 4610 will be for you what it has been for me. Let's just, before we're dismissed, before pastor comes and dismisses the services he sees fit, let's take just a minute and let's do exactly what we've talked about. Let's, let's just be still. I'm going to ask Brittany not to play anything on the piano. In fact, I'm, I'm going to look at my watch here. I'm going to give us about 45 seconds of just quiet. And in that 45 seconds of just quiet, why don't you just take, if you're a believer, why don't you just take a moment and just stop whatever it is that pulls against you, whatever it is that gets the the bellies to start twisting, and just stop and remember, mmm, he's God. Let's let's do that. Would you would you just bow with me and let's just take just about 45 seconds and and Let's each just stop and be still and know that he's God. Father, help us to live with an awareness of your presence and with abundance of peace and with the strength and power that can only come from you so that we can be and accomplish with grace the things that you have for us to do. I pray for those who are going through some difficult times in their lives right now. Help them, please, dear God, to find your peace presence through this being still and knowing that you are who you are the great God who can handle all situations we praise your name we bless your name most high you are to be exalted and you are exalted and we offer all these things to you in Jesus name amen